0: I want you to feel empowered and inspired to be, well, different. Welcome to the show. Hello and welcome to another episode of Directly Different. Today I am so excited to share my conversation with special guest Grace Howe. Grace is a certified business coach, speaker, trainer, author, and she has over 20 years of experience in the direct sales industry. She's also the co-founder of the Direct Sales World Alliance with her mother, Nikki Kiohoho. Both Nikki and Grace are sought after speakers in our industry, and I had the absolute pleasure of hearing Nikki at our 2017 National Conference. She was fabulous, and Grace is just as wonderful, and you will love hearing from her today. Our conversation today is all about learning how to ask questions in our business, whether you are interacting with customers or team members. I love that Grace has so much professional experience in this area, yet she brings it down to such a personal level. This is definitely an episode you do not want to rush through, don't have it on in the background while you're working, you really want to intentionally listen and take notes if you can, because Grace has value-packed content from the minute she starts to speak, and I absolutely loved talking to her. I felt like it was a coaching session almost, and this concept of learning to ask questions can be applied to so many areas in our businesses and even in our lives. If you'd like to check out more about what Grace has to offer, I'll put all the links in the show notes. Enjoy! Hello, Grace, or I should say, aloha, Grace. Thank you so much for being on the show this week. How are you?
1: Aloha, Tiffany. It is, I'm great. I feel blessed to be here with you. It's such an honor to have this time.
0: Yes, I cannot wait to get to know you better through this episode. But first, will you share a little bit about you and your family with the listeners?
1: Oh my goodness, yes. So I am a mother of eight and the wife of one and i have been my goodness speaking teaching and coaching in my profession for over 21 years very grateful for that um yeah i have i have a a wonderful family life very strong relationship with my parents my brother yeah you know, i mean it's like my in-laws my sister-in-law i mean you name it it's um yeah it's a wonderful experience to have family and to be in a place that you love you know someone said that to me once they're like grace if you can do what you do from anywhere might as well do it in paradise so we live in hawaii and are raising our family here and be able to work virtually globally from the comforts of our home or yeah get on a plane and fly to wherever it is that we're going to be working so yeah
0: That's amazing. Actually, I didn't know that you had eight children. I don't know why. I feel, I I think I thought three for some reason. That's terrible that I didn't know that. But eight children, oh my goodness, what are their age ranges?
1: So the oldest is 24 and the youngest is three. So we call it our eight is great family. Some people like to say you've got a volleyball team with two substitutions. (laughs) (laughs) So Perfect. yeah, that's where, that's how we roll. And if anyone um, believes it was so interesting, I've had some people that said, gosh, Grace, I just, you know, I feel like, how can I do this with two children? And then you here have eight. Yeah. Okay. It's possible. And I'm like, mm-hmm. yes, it is. It is when you put your mind, you put your mind to it. Anything is possible.
0: Wow. 24 to three. Okay. First of all, you do not look like you could have a 24 year old and that is a large range. So that is amazing. I know we have some listeners that do have large families. And so this is going to be extra inspiring for them. So I'm so thankful to be chatting with you today.
1: Thanks, Tiffany. Well, I'm grateful to be able to share uh, some things that I've learned. You know, there's been some learning lessons, some some hurdles we've jumped over and some hurdles we've tripped on. So
0: <laughs> yes, that's what it's all about, right? You got to go through all of that to find your purpose in life which is so great. So how did you first get involved in the direct sales industry?
1: Oh my goodness. I was inspired my family we come from a family of entrepreneurs so my grandfather actually started his business out of the trunk of his car. And he he was selling used wire and he built a very large successful multi-location multi-million dollar company in um very short period of time and it's still here today beyond his life and i'm so very grateful for that model of, you know, there is no box. It's not about thinking outside of the box. There is no box. Anything is possible. And so my grandfather set the tone of entrepreneurship for my parents and for my aunts. And so watching, growing up and watching and observing that, it inspired me to say, well, what's possible for me? You know, business ownership was completely a possibility. It wasn't like, oh, you're going to go to school. You're going to get a job. You're going to work that job job until you retire. Then you're going to retire. And then shortly after you're going to die. (laughs) You know, that was that for many people, that's the route. And for us, it was just never modeled that way. So I started my business, direct selling business years ago. Oh my gosh, I want to say in my, my early twenties and I thought, this is it. This is what I'm doing. And that that particular company went away. They they were um, They were very successful in manufacturing and they began a direct selling company. And what was challenging is that that business, the direct selling division was taking longer to build than the success of what they had in manufacturing. So they went back to what they're, they're excelling and excelled in for decades. And so I respected that. And then my mom and I had a conversation. we were talking about how, gosh, wouldn't it be nice if that was, that was the conversation. Wouldn't it be nice if there was a resource with this? information or wouldn't it be nice if there was something that was specific to to our profession and and what answers we're looking for or a central meeting place to 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 learn and evolve and to become greater at what we're doing and so we be, we created my mom and I created what the wouldn't it be nice business and it became the direct selling world alliance. And so now 21 years later, we're still serving companies and, and global, global organizations and people from a variety of nations. And we get to
0: that. That's amazing. And I love, love that legacy of entrepreneurship, that has been passed down through generations. And then your eight children, well, I'm sure they've already ventured into their own journeys, but they, they will carry that on. And it's just going to be this beautiful family tree of entrepreneurship. And I, that is so inspiring to me and so fun to hear about. I love, I love that. So you and your mom, Nikki, were chatting about, wouldn't it be nice? I love that because that is that's how the best ideas come to be. Right. And I, you know, I wish that we had this, wouldn't it be nice if we had this and there, you know, fast forward, lots of ideas start with that phrase. So how did you guys get started with this in the beginning? Like it, you know, you had this idea, but then how did that, you know, gain traction? How did you, how did everything come about?
1: Oh, my goodness. So funny story. At the time that we created DSWA, there was this commercial that was coming out that was about people starting their e-commerce. And this was a commercial. So the e-commerce and the they start they turn on their website and then they get a few orders and they're like wow and then they get a lot of orders and they're like yes and then they get all these orders that they're like oh my gosh how are we going to 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 handle all these orders it was it went from smiling to ecstatic to oh dear like fear (laughs) kicked in and we thought that's what's going to happen when we turn on our website because we worked for a year behind the scenes to prepare we thought we're going to turn on our website and everyone is going to flood flood it and it's going to be just this amazing experience and and that did not happen (laughs) Gotcha. That was so far from the truth. See, and we're believers, you know, set expectations, especially in our business. You know, if, if we create an expectation, oh, the product sells itself. Oh, I'll be with you every step of the way. Oh, you know, you it, you, you don't need to work really hard at this. We're setting an expectation that's a complete untruth. And so we, we set an expectation in our mind that this was going to, this was going to happen naturally and quickly. And, and really it wasn't like that. It was, it was, it was like what people experience in our business, which is putting in work, Work ethic, effort, um, a willingness to expand comfort zones. So doing the things that don't necessarily make us feel comfortable, like speaking in public was the worst thing you could have done to me years ago. (laughs) Now it's become more natural because I do it so consistently. So if we can look at things like how is this could be, how could we see this as practice versus seeing this as, oh, it's got to be perfect right out of the gate. See what what we started with is not what we have grown into and so giving ourselves permission that this is a process, this is a journey. uh, We do have goals we it's not though that it's like a destination that's a stopping point goals are meant to be road signs not stop signs. So we have a lot of road signs along the way, encouraging us to continue to go forward and persevere. So back in the day, I love this quote by Zig Ziglar. He said, find the need and fill it. And we found that we had a need and then we found that many others could benefit from, from what we were creating, which was really, uh, which was really uh, curating curating and bringing brilliance in our profession, wisdom, experience, insight together to collaborate, to share best practices, to offer um, insights for innovation. And in that process, we were learning things and being having access to some of the greatest uh, success stories in our business. And so now what, what I feel like it's done is it's created a space for iron to sharpen iron. And so it's not, we're, we're learning and sharing in a silo. I mean, we're learning and sharing with some of the most successful direct selling companies and leaders in the business. And we get to work with both sides. So we get to work with the companies and corporations preparing and creating and customizing content for their Salesforce, as well as their internal organization to keep things fresh, because we also work with the field. So the people that are out representing the brand, the company's most valued and valuable asset is its people. And so keeping ongoing conversations asking questions coaching them training them facilitating what we know what we're noticing is these are the challenges that someone's facing so how can we create systems to address it not just with the individual with the company so that the company Globally, or the company across the board, people have equal access to this knowledge. So it used to be that only the people that were at the top had access to the top knowledge, or only people that had the resources could come to these events. Whereas when we're working with the company, now it creates a level playing field for all people to have access to these innovations.
0: Yes. Wow. I love that. Now, how many countries are represented through the DSWA?
1: Sure. So the DSWA, we serve over 30 countries. We have clients, though, that are in 65 countries, you know, 35 countries, uh, 40, 48 countries. I mean, a lot of our clients operate in 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 their global businesses and most of the organizations that we serve we've been serving for 10 12 years Uh, they have us working with them year after year because they are seeing a they're seeing the results that they're looking for the roi is there and that's something to think about too is is the return on investment just just like in our business as direct selling professionals when a client receives a return on their investment, they're more likely to do business with you again. We're more likely to earn their loyalty because they're experiencing a quality product. They're experiencing stellar service. They're experiencing comments and compliments, you know, that, they're ha- that people are recognizing the difference in them based on the use of your products or service. And so that creates this, this interest of continuing to come back. And, and so if we, in a lot of companies, I mean, with organizations that we serve inside and outside of the direct selling profession, people are, they're measuring their investment and they love doing business with boutique services. And so that's really what we are in our business. I was having this conversation with some of the most prestigious corporations. We are a a minority business enterprise. We're certified as a minority business enterprise. And we are having conversations with organizations like Visa, um, organizations like um, Union Bank or the the Federal Reserve Bank, um, the MGM International, Sands Corporation. I mean, these are um, Apple. These are huge corporations, and they what they've been talking about is is how they in, appreciate doing business with boutique organizations because boutique organizations we take our service up a notch. It's personable. It's um, it's client centric it is going above and beyond so yes we may say well this is what we have to offer and we'll throw in, in our in our business we'll throw in a few samples to create excitement for what what else is available to them and with our products or service so that if large corporations are looking for that Wow, there's something to be said about the people that we are currently serving, how they want, people want to do business with boutique businesses, small, or you could say small business. And, and so how can we represent ourselves well? How can we represent our brand well? How can we really take our, what we offer to that next level for the people that we get to serve? It's a get to business um, that we get to serve.
0: Wow. That's amazing. And I love that you as a company, you have a global impact as well as an individual impact. You're seeing, you know, global strides being made, you know, in these different companies who have that global reach worldwide reach. But like you said, you're also seeing it on an individual level and it's, it's, it's also meaningful. I'm sure to you to see that impact come, come about. Oh
1: my goodness. Yes to be able to interact with individuals. It was interesting. Um, Some people were like, you know, coaching, coaching is individual. So one thing that we encourage is when we train, we train in groups. When we coach, it can be coached individually or coached in a group setting. When coaching is an accelerant. So it's known for accelerating success and high performance. It's also known as the number one retention tool in our profession. Most people don't know how to coach or they're told to coach. They haven't been provided a system. So coaching, yes, it is unique. Each call and conversation will be unique. What's beautiful, though, about coaching is that you can follow a system. There's a structure to it. So keep in mind, systems are duplicatable. Charisma is not. Mm -hmm. So if we're looking to duplicate in our business, if we're looking to um, engage and replicate our approach or our success, one way to do that is with the systems, And so coaching is a system. And so a few thoughts around coaching is that it's interesting. It's like, it's a reciprocating um, form of communication. I'm giving a service of coaching to someone and they're accepting my invitation to be coached. And what they're sharing with me are, are their strategies their goals, their dreams, their challenges, what could be holding them back and what could be propelling them forward. And what I love about that is that it's almost like I have, I take mental notes or I take notes down next to each coaching call because I know genius and brilliance is about to take place from, from them. So whenever you're coaching someone, you're tapping into their wealth and well of knowledge you're tapping into their creative genius. And so when they share these things with me, they're talking about timely topics. So uh, as a facilitator, as a curriculum developer, as a teacher, as a speaker, I'm writing down these topics. And then what I'm doing is I'm going to go and curate, either I'm going to write it based on experience, I'm going to write it based on interviewing others and coaching others. I'm going to pull the collective wisdom so that when I go out to teach on that subject, it will accelerate a person's transformation or a person's success in that area of their business. So for example, recruiting, recruiting is a hot topic, engaging others in the, in the possibility of something beyond their current circumstance, which by the way, there were five qualities I interview, as I said, coaching, you draw out knowledge. Um, I interview many top people. So people that have massive organizations or have experienced incredible success in this business and it's not what i'm saying that's important when i'm interacting with these people it's what they're saying (laughs) because we're not learning when we're talking we're learning when we're listening so you're so brilliant to be doing these podcasts and interviews because you're learning, you're gathering knowledge and insights. So everywhere I go, I think about who, what could I ask this person? What am I working towards? What am I looking to learn more about? What's my goal and what am I focused on in my business? And so then it, it supports me to, to craft my questions with purpose. So one question that I found would serve many people that I work with and collaborate with is the question of leadership and elevation in the business. So how did you elevate to the highest levels of leadership in this business? And then how did you mentor others to do the same? So these are people that are at this highest levels of leadership, and they have mentored many others to reach that and beyond. And so these were some of the answers that came back, and I think that you'll probably find them to be valuable. I certainly did. And so there's five of them that I'm going to share with you. So first, and I just mentioned it, is that they have a desire for a life beyond their current circumstance. I asked this person, And I asked many of them, what did you notice? You know, was it their why, their reason for the business? It was it the their experience, their education? What do you notice that contributed? What are the contributing factors to their elevation? And she said, one, they had a desire for a life beyond their current circumstance. Notice the word desire. Desire is unique from potential. There are a lot of people with a lot of potential and they'll die with that potential. They got a lot of Potential. And what we're basically saying, if we say that to someone is, oh, you've got a lot of potential is you're not quite there. That's what we're saying to someone that when we use that term, what we look for in those people that are going to excel in this business is desire, desire, a hunger, the hungry will always do more than the full. So a hunger for life beyond their current circumstance. That was number one. Number two is they have work ethic. So they're willing to put in the work. They're not just talking about it. They're not just planning about it. They're not hoping for it to fall from the sky and land on them. They have work ethic. They're willing to get up and do the work. They're willing to get up a little bit earlier when everyone else wants to sleep. They're willing to stay up a little bit later. They're willing to make that one extra phone call. I had a client one time say, she goes, Grace, what are some of the differentiators and people that you've noticed um, successful in this business. And I said, well, one is is that they're willing to take that one more step. They're willing to do the one more thing. They're willing to um, expand their comfort zone one, one step beyond where they were yesterday. So Yeah. I mean, these are, these are that work ethic plays a significant role. They're resilient. So number three, they're resilient. So they're not easily offended. You know, when somebody shares feedback with them, offers an insight, they, they roll with it. They, they embrace it with appreciation. Thank you for your willingness to share that insight with me. Thank you for this compassionate feedback. I appreciate your willingness to get uncomfortable so that I can learn from this. See, I love what my husband said at one point. He said, it's not when I'm giving you feedback. This, he's a football coach. He's retired since then. He coached for, I want to say almost 25 years. And he would tell his, his um, players, he was like, oh, don't, don't, don't be concerned when I'm giving you feedback. That's not the time to be concerned. It's when I'm not giving you feedback. Mm. That means I've moved on. Mm. That means that I am putting my energy, effort, and wisdom, pouring that into someone else. So being resilient is a key ingredient and open to feedback. So a quick question you can ask if you're looking for feedback or you want to draw it out is if there were one or two things that I could have adjusted that would have given the people a better result or me a better result, what would that be? And you're asking specifically for one or two things, because sometimes what happens is if, what feedback do you have for me? And someone can bring this, it's like beep, beep, (laughs) beep. And then they lift up the dump truck and drop, uh, drop two tons of feedback on you. And you're like, wow, what, what am I going to do with all this?
0: Right. Or wait, I didn't ask for this.
1: I didn't ask for the truckload of feedback that I'm not even sure where to prioritize this. So one or two things, this is a great way. This is what leaders, leaders are in consistent state of self-assessment. They're looking to refine. they're looking to improve. They're looking to learn and and I love that. One question that my good friend, um, my good friend often states she said, Grace, whenever my team calls me, my organization calls me, she's one of 200 out of 3.5 million people that represent her brand. She's in the top 200. She's an incredible woman. She said grace, I asked them, what did you succeed at? And what did you learn? Hmm. I don't ask, what did you succeed at? And what'd you fail at? I ask, what did you succeed at? And what did you learn? So if we're resilient. We're open to learning. We're open to it. We're not seeing it as, a, we're not taking offense to it. Number four, plugged in. So we're consistently plugged in. We're plugged into trainings. We're plugged into this podcast. We're plugged into of events our company events, as well as other events that we believe will have an impact on our today's and tomorrows. So um, plugged in is a key ingredient. And this can be an identifier for you. Somebody is participating. That's, that's what that says to me is oh, this person, this person is hungry. This person is excited. This person is is experiencing or receiving value for their investment of time. So plugged in is, is a key indicator in people that will elevate to the highest levels of leadership in our business. And then the fifth and final is their coaching and coachable. So they're coaching, meaning that they are implementing a leadership best practice. They are using coaching skills to further develop the people within their organization, and they're coachable. What that means is that they have courage. They have willingness to be vulnerable. They have a willingness to be temporarily uncomfortable. They have an openness to expanding their comfort zones, um, stretching their thinking. Uh, They are willing to to inspect what they expect. They're strategic they're looking to strategize their plan. And there are three best times to coach. My goodness, I feel like I'm talking a lot. I'm like just dropping it. I mean, just, I've had one cup of coffee. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Me too, but I'm taking lots of great notes. So this is great. Keep talking.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Keep talking. Oh my goodness. So, so um, there are three best times to coach. So I'll share that with you real quick. First is when there's a goal. So there's a goal, a, a, a desire, for something more there it's it's almost like something that we've never experienced before we're working towards that so it's going to expand that comfort zone second best time to coach is when there is a block a barrier a limiting belief something that's hindering progress that is the second best time to coach third best time to coach is when there's a desire for greater clarity So, we're looking for clarity. It's uh, we're looking for clarity around a why or a goal or clarity around a plan, clarity around uh, it could be a social media strategy. These are three best times to coach. And so, if sometimes people I've asked this question at numerous events, and some people say, Grace, I'm in all three of these categories. Okay, great. Or, Grace, I'm in one of these three. Okay, great. And some or, all it's an indication that this is a great time to coach. So, as a leader, I'm looking at who in my organization could be in one of these three areas. So, I can have an idea of who I'm extending the invitation to be coached. And coaching is not an expectation, it's an invitation. Hmm. So keeping that in mind, it's not, I'm expecting you. So it's, it's till death do us part. You've joined my team. I'm going to coach you for eternity. That's a challenge that our business and our profession is working through because what that creates is it creates codependence. It also hinders or limits the the capacity for our organization. So the capacity for how many people we can work with, Mm -hmm. if we coach people for eternity, so it's unhealthy, it's code creates codependency, and it's a and it limits our capacity. So with coaching, you can take the roof off of your capacity and grow quickly.
0: Mm-hmm. And I I mean, anybody listening, we all want that, right? <laughs> we all want to be able to do more and be more impactful with our time. And so this is very. Very valuable information because we don't think of it like that. We think of, like you said, oh, this person joined my team. I need to babysit them and hold their hand through every single step. And they need to report to me every week and tell me everything they're doing because if they don't, they won't be successful and my team won't grow. But it's the opposite of that. Like you said, you coach with them and invite them to take on these, these coaching aspects on themselves and to inspect what they're doing. and take self responsibility to elevate their own businesses. And so yes, I love that. I love that idea of doing not doing less, but doing the most that you can without stretching yourself too thin.
1: Oh, yeah. Because I mean, we think about it, how many people are excited to to join someone that looks overwhelmed? They're not walking up and saying, oh, you look overwhelmed. I would love to be overwhelmed too. (laughs) Can I join your team? They're saying, no, 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 no. Where's the door? No, thank you. No, thank you. Mm -hmm. And so if we can look at it as, gosh, you know, and I love this quote. It's by Ralph Waldo Emerson. He said, see them great and they will show themselves great unto you. And so when we see people as children or as infants in our business, and we treat them as such, they'll show themselves as such. If we see their greatness, they will show themselves great unto us. And so one of the questions that we love to ask, this is in our multiply series for recruiting. We love to ask our prospects, what are some of your strengths? What are some of the things that come naturally for you? What are some of the, the, the things that people acknowledge you for in your past work experience or current work experience? What happens sometimes is people compartmentalize. They I had one client, she said, Grace, I was a teacher. She said, I left all of my knowledge that I have accumulated all these years in teaching. I left it in my teaching role. I didn't bring any of it with me to this business. And she goes, now that I'm looking at it from this perspective, oh my goodness, I can make use of that. There is knowledge and wisdom that I can bring in and to be, I'm not like, it's not like I'm starting from scratch. I'm starting with skills. I'm starting with, with some success stories already. And I think this, this approach of seeing them great and they will show themselves great unto you. What happens is, is that I, I believe that also contributes to acceleration Uh, because when people are confident They're willing to do things that they're not necessarily comfortable with. They're so confident, though, that they're going to learn in the process. So one way to build confidence that I've noticed in people is one is to ask them to practice. So rather than saying, oh, it's got to be perfect, asking them, what is your willingness to practice making a call? What is your willingness? So if we're talking about, they were talking about, I'm nervous about making calls. I don't know what to say. All right, well, before this business, how did you call people? Oh, well, I picked up the phone. right and what were what were some of your thoughts on picking up the phone well I was I was gonna you know invite them to go to dinner or I was gonna share with them something that I watched recently and I wanted to talk to them about it or I was just calling to catch up and I said so what's different oh well I'm talking about a business now and I'm not talking about just a movie and I said well well what um how will your business bring value to this person what differences could your business make in their lives? And then what happens is, is they start to, to, rather than me saying, well, just call them. That's what most people do. We want to fix it. So, oh, just pick up the phone and call, dial the number, pick up the phone and say hi. Mm-hmm. And what happens is they're like, yeah, yeah, I'll do it. And they say yes, just to get us off the phone. mm mm-hmm. How many of you were one of those people? Just (laughs) raise your hand. Some of you may raise a pinky. I mean, really. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Yeah. And so just say what they want. They they so sometimes what happens is our team members tell us what they think we want to hear Mm. versus what they're really committed to. It's when they explore and they're coached around this fear or this objection that they're having within them. When they're coached around it, they can come up with with a new story around phone calls, a new belief around it, or they can come up with a new plan. Whereas if we give them the answer, please imagine you're slapping a band-aid on this person, which doesn't last. It's not sustainable. Mm -hmm. Yeah. What are your thoughts on all of that?
0: That's exactly what happens too. Cause you know, you, you feel like, Oh, I'm being super helpful by telling them exactly where to go, exactly what to do. When in fact, the next time they have that same question, they are going to look for that band-aid again. Like my kids, my kids go through so many band-aids. I'm sure your kids go through even more band-aids to have eight. So <laughs> they're going through all these band-aids and they're just, you know, mom, I need a band-aid, Mama need a band-aid. But if I can show them where the band-aids are, they can get their own, <laughs> right?
1: <laughs> yes. When I, mean, I show them where they are, they can get their own. Or they they will they won't really they won't need to tell me every time and so that's what a lot of a lot of our capacity drain happens in our business Mm. is when a person comes back and then we give them the fish you know and then they come back again and then we slap them with the fish Mm. and then they come back again and then we hit them over the head with the fish versus teach them how to fish. Mm. So teaching people how to fish can still be through questions. Mm -hmm. And, and questions accelerate and questions and particularly distinction questions, accelerate decisions. So distinctions are so example, if someone calls me and says, gosh, this has been such a bad day. I'll ask them, well, how would you prefer to describe it? Or how could the, how could your day be reset? Or what would the opposite of bad be? And so what happens is is opposites, what would be different? How would you prefer? What if you could hit a reset? All of these things, what happens is, is that it shifts thinking. And the faster you can shift thinking, you go from victim to accountable, from victim to victor, and or victim to responsible. So this day happened to me versus how, how do I prefer to, you know, if I had a redo, how would I like to redo it? Or what if I could begin anew right now? And so this is where people can start their conversation, calling you crying and leave the conversation, laughing and smiling with a plan of
0: action. Mm. That is so valuable for anybody listening, no matter what, even if you're not in direct sales, let's say there's probably not too many listening that are like that, but That is applicable to everybody because bad days happen to every single one of us. And we, like you said, we do have that ability to turn it around. Sometimes it's just having somebody ask us, so what would make it better? Okay, now do that or make action steps towards that end result that you want. And so that's very, very practical advice for everybody listening.
1: Oh, thanks, Tiffany. Yeah. And that's where paradigms shift. That's where new thoughts are formed. Uh, You know, sometimes I like to ask myself, is so a quick distinction, another example of a distinction is this, is this hindering or helping? So is this hindering my progress for today? Or is this helping the progress for today? And when people hear this from you, see some of my greatest coaches. I may not coach with them every day, I may not coach with them once a year, I may not I may coach them with them once they, they are coaching me is what I mean. And the some of the greatest coaches I have, I still hear their voice, mm-hmm. or I still hear their questions. Even when I'm not in their presence, they have left an impression upon me. They have impressed their wisdom upon me, their knowledge, their insight, their their questioning in in an elevated fashion so that I can reapply those questions. So it's not just a question for the moment. See, when I was sharing this with somebody recently, I actually was sharing with a pastor, as a matter of fact, a pastor and a, a dear friend of mine. And she introduced me to her pastor because she wanted to bring co- a coaching culture into this particular ministry. And I was talking to him and I said, I, I, I don't see coaching as coaching the person I'm with. I see coaching as coaching the person I'm with and generations of people. Mm. See, so when you coach that one person, you're really coaching generations of their family, generations of their business. Yeah. And that's perpetuated. See, when you model excellence, excellence can be replicated. Mm -hmm. When you model mediocrity, mediocrity will be replicated.
0: Yeah. I love that idea because you, like we talked about at the very beginning, your family had such a root in entrepreneurship and somebody that is coaching somebody else in the business, like you said, that has the ability to stretch on for for generations. And so I love that because then it, then it really makes it more meaningful to somebody, you know, as a, as a leader, let's say who is coaching a new team member. If you can see it instead of, Oh, let's get them through their, you know, jumpstart program or whatever your company has, let's just get them through their first three months, help them get off to a strong start. Hopefully they'll pick up and go on their own. But if you can see it as a really a lifelong, Ministry a lifelong journey to you know coach them for a short time but then have that impact that means a lot more than just getting them a bonus or getting yourself a bonus or whatever it might be so I love that idea of of seeing to, in the into the future of the impact that you can have with your coaching and I and it's hard because you know I do not see myself as a coach but what you're saying is that as leaders we are all coaches you know, inherently, because that's what comes along with the job. So even if we don't brand ourselves or, or call ourselves a coach, necessarily, we are coaching other people and mentoring other people in little ways or big ways. And so this is definitely very helpful for that.
1: Oh my goodness. Yes. Tiffany, we are called to coach. Mm-hmm. So the, the distinction is, is that if we're taught how to coach, that's where we can now, we can, replicate that at a faster pace. I I can't, there was actually somebody recently as a student, she said, Grace, I've heard this for years. I've heard about this. People would share with me pockets of, you know, these teachings. She said, it's nothing like going through it myself. Once now that I've gone through it myself, I can, I it's, it's iron sharpening iron. If you're, if you're being modeled coaching with a dull blade it's not it's 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 or rusty it's not necessarily going to be as impactful if we're sharpening with because we have a strong skill set we're modeling a strong skill set that could be replicated as strong and so we're fans of creating a coaching culture learn how to coach Discover, okay, what are some of the skills that are going to be important for me to refine and to what we call it is like a muscle. We're flexing this muscle. We're exercising this muscle. The more we exercise it, the stronger it becomes. So it's not about being perfect in the exercise. It's about practicing to make permanent. And so with coaching their skill sets. so there's skill, the skill set of empowering and powerful questions. It's not, it's not just, oh, just ask any question. Mm. We could get any we could get any answer, and we could get answers that are hindering versus helping. So there, there's an art to asking questions. One thing I shared recently on an interview that I did, as I said, the person that talks the most in our is our sales presentation, or in or a sales interaction, or in about the business leaves. With the product. So if we're talking more as we're introducing someone to the business, we're leaving with the business.
0: Mm.
1: If we're talking more when we're introducing people to the possibility of our products, we're doing more of the talking, we're leaving with the products. So questions play an integral role in keeping the conversation sparked and moving forward on their end. So they're sharing more. See, Zig Ziglar said, how would I know what the need is and to be able to fill it if I haven't asked a question? Mm-hmm. So if we go in to present, which is a one-way interaction, we're doing most of the talking. If we're going in with the mindset of having a conversation, that we're we're engaging in a connection this is where results are transformed. So that's one of the many skills with coaching. And that's a, that's a starting place for our conversation today is to practice asking questions, practice asking open-ended questions. So the two most strategic questions that you can ask, this is based on a book by Chris Voss. It's called Never Split the Difference. It's an excellent book. He used to be an FBI negotiator. He was talking about how, how, And what questions are the two most strategic questions that we can ask? And they're probably the most frequent questions that we'll ask. How and what? And so asking with a curious posture, not asking because we have the answer in the mind. If we have the answer in mind, we're leading the witness. And and that could be a form of manipulation. Whereas when we are curious, we have a wonderment, we have interest in their response, we're asking because we don't know the answer. This is where this is of service to the other person. And if we can do more of that, we, this is where people aren't, they're no longer going in and out of a revolving door in our business. They are in it to win it. (laughs) They're, they have more staying power is what I like to say. Mhm.
0: That's really powerful because especially as direct sellers, we are selling products and a lot of times we have all the in, the product knowledge, the info behind it and we know every about every ingredient or about every feature of our products and we'll often just spew that out to people and wonder why they aren't buying it from us or they aren't joining our business. And so this is very powerful and very helpful because instead of focusing on the product or on all the information or giving them every ounce of information they need to know, instead wondering what they are desiring out of that interaction, out of that connection. And so that's very helpful.
1: Oh, yes. So to give a specific example, if we were to use skincare, for example, rather than going in and saying, this product is good for this, and this product is good for this, and this product is good for this, and and hoping that something lands with this person. We're like firing off a bunch of arrows and hoping something lands Mm -hmm. versus where, please describe your skin and where it's at in this moment. So where's your skin at? Give me a, give me a description of your skin. And, and so, all right, we're clear with where you're at. That's their starting point. Then I like to ask people and how would you prefer to describe it? So what are your preferences? Where would you so this is so this is their starting point and this is their goal. So when I'm clear with what their goal is, so where, where how would you prefer to describe your skin? What are some areas that you'd like to focus on? Um, what what what, um, what would you like to learn more about when it comes to caring for your skin? These are questions that now I have an idea of what would serve her best. So I'm going to discuss, talk about, address things that are most meaningful to her. Now, if you have a group of people, this is valuable information to gather initially. So before your virtual experience or before your in-person experience to have a quick indication of where they're at, because I what I have found with my clients is that people attend, they are more likely to attend and to confirm and to stay with the appointment or the the meeting or the event or the experience because it's personal now. Mm-hmm. you You've asked me questions about me. I've shared with you. So you're going to prepare something for me. Mm-hmm. So I'm going <laughs> versus, versus. Oh, everybody's going, she won't notice if I'm there or not, or he won't notice if I'm there or not. Oh no, I'll notice. And so that would probably be something I would be saying is I'm going to be preparing something specific, or I'm going to be bringing specific samples to address what you're mm-hmm. most interested in. And so then they're saying, oh, I matter or, oh, I'm important or, oh, um, this, th- this is, this is customized and
0: mm-hmm.
1: the world harmonizes to the tune of customization.
0: (laughs) That's right. That's right. They totally do. You're so right. That's a really good buzzword (laughs) to apply (laughs) to our industry because it's, if it's not, like you said, if you just feel like a number, people aren't going to, you know, they don't, they have no connection to it. They have no reason to attend, to, to follow through with that, with that relationship. And that's not what we want, right?
1: Not what we want. No. And so I just, I. Yeah. What, what were some of the things that really stood out for you from our time together today, Tiffany? And like, what are some of the things that you feel like you will be able to run with based on what we discussed?
0: Wow. I love this question. I've never been asked that on the, on the podcast. So this is really exciting. Okay. So I love that you talked about, of course, coaching as a leader, because again, that's an area that I'm always wanting to improve on. I'm always of course, I think just my personality. I'm always worried, oh no, what if somebody's having a terrible time being on my team because I'm not doing this XYZ? You know, I always have that fear, of course. And so just having these practical things that these practical questions, practical steps that I can take with with new team members, current team members, team members who've been around for a long time, I can apply this to my interactions with them. And so I I appreciate that. Um, and just knowing that you can create just a positive experience, literally out of anything, uh, in this industry. And I, and I love that because I'm all about being positive. I do like, I try to see positivity (laughs) anywhere I go. And so being able to extract that from situations, even if it seems like, oh, there's no way if someone says, oh, there's no way I can be successful. You can, there's ways to explore that and to pull that positivity and a, a good experience out of that interaction.
1: Oh, yes. Whenever someone makes a statement, there is a root to mm. that statement. And so it's almost like asking the question So, what does, how do you define success? See, success can be defined in many ways. The business can define success, our profession can define success, society can define success. And really, what is most important? So, and that's where we get to explore that with the person. Well, what's your definition of success? So how could we begin there? Mm-hmm. So if that is your definition of success, what would be some steps that will move you closer to that definition? Mm-hmm.
0: Yes. And it's so success. customizable, like you said, like we talked about yeah. earlier, that's that's the main thing is that it's customizable. These principles can be applied. These questions can be applied to any situation that we find ourselves in in our industry whether we're coaching or working with a new team member or a cons- or a customer or truly anybody and so I love that. Oh yes. 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 And I'm going to be processing this conversation for days and days, probably weeks. Probably like you said, it's going to be something that sticks with me for a long time and that's the indication that it has been productive because and plus it's a podcast so I can listen to it literally whenever I want to. So that's fantastic. (laughs) And so I know that this has been an extremely valuable conversation for people to listen into. How can they get in touch with you, Grace, and the services that you offer as well as the Direct Sales World Alliance?
1: Yes. So there's a couple of things. I have a handle. Hallelujah. It's I coach with Grace So the letter I coach with grace that's my handle for all the social platforms and then I also have a website so DSWA.org so direct selling world alliance DSWA.org is for the our direct selling world alliance organization and then coach with grace. Dot com is more of my speaking and coaching practice as well as our Minority Business Enterprise Certification and also um, SBA Certified uh, Women-Owned Small Business. So we've, we've gone through that process as well. It has been such an honor to be with you, Tiffany. I'm excited. I would love to do this again. I feel like there are so many things that we may have wanted to discuss. And oftentimes, whenever this happens, I always trust the fact that what was meant to be shared for today to serve the people that are listening to it will have been shared and to be at peace with what we did discuss and knowing that there's still more.
0: Yes. I a hundred percent agree with that. And I love that you said that too. I think our next topic, if you ever come back on the show, I'd love to have you, but I think our next topic should be, how do you do it all with eight kids? (laughs) So that's for that's next episode, right? <laughs> next, episode, next episode, yes. And yeah. so, so those of you who
1: may be leaving staying on the edge of that is that you don't do it all.
0: That's okay? right. It's a village.
1: It takes a village to raise a family. So you don't do it all. And I think sometimes we think that we're we're meant to. So let's mm-hmm. keep that one for
0: next time. And that's thank right. You
1: again, Tiffany. It's been such a joy.
0: Thank you, Grace. Thank you so much for your time today. I loved it. Thank you. I'd love to keep the conversation going and I'd love to get to know you better. Join our free community group, the Directly Different Collaborative over on Facebook. There you will find like-minded friends from the direct sales industry and you'll be able to ask questions and get feedback on the things you need help with. You'll find a link to the group in the show notes. One more thing.